is Cassie, and welcome to the official podcast for the Network for Social Democracy in Asia, where we break down social and political issues and discuss progressive policies through the lenses of human rights, equality, and justice. You can listen to the podcast on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and Radio Public. Welcome to the Sock Dem Asia podcast. My name is Cassie. I am your host. And in today's episode, we will be discussing the ongoing farmers' protest actions in India. These protest actions that began in November of last year were sparked by the passage of three controversial agricultural laws that set out to change how crops are produced, sold, and stored. They have seen over 10,000 farmers from northern India occupy major roads around and set up camp in the capital city of Delhi. Farmers are worried that these laws will give corporations control over the agricultural market, undercutting farmers who have been facing mounting difficulties for decades. And these farmers participating are prepared to continue this protest for the long haul. To tell us more about this protest action, please welcome our guest for today. She is Dr. Ankita Dutta, the Vice President of the Indian Youth Congress of Assam Pradesh. Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Cassie. Thank you so much uh, for highlighting mm. the issues of India. Oh, yes. Like, we are very happy to have you with us. And I think it's important to jump right into it because these protests are huge. But I just have to comment as someone who is consuming international news, there hasn't really been as much coverage as I would hope for a protest action this large. So let's just jump right into it. Could you tell us about what sparked these huge protests in India? Okay, so um, we were all struggling through the pandemic and uh, the parliament session was held um between the pandemic and three farm bills uh, were passed in the parliament and they were passed very hastily and uh, these three bills were the farmers produce trade and commerce promotion and facilitation bill 2020 the farmers empowerment and protection agreement of price assurance and farm services bill 2020 and the essential commodities amendment bill 2020 these were the three farm bills that were passed and they were passed very hastily and the it raised a lot of suspicious suspicion uh, to the farmers and um, that due, due to which they are now in this freezing cold in the streets uh, in the borders of delhi uh, demanding that these three farm laws be repealed mm-hmm. can you tell us about why these farmers are so opposed to these laws? Like, what are they concerned will happen to them should these laws be enacted? And also, I guess, also very important to mention that the Supreme Court of India have suspended the implementation of these laws, but the protests continue. What are farmers concerned about? Okay, so uh, first thing, uh, like you mentioned, the Supreme Court has, uh, you know, stayed these laws and has formed a committee um to you know it has they have formed a committee to uh, examine these law take in the st- stakeholders and decide what to do about how to go about it but uh, the problem is that uh, the the people who have been uh, members of the committee they are already being reports 
and there have already been publications where they are seen to be pro this um, these laws so when all three members are pro these uh, laws it is going to be difficult uh, for them to understand a different point of view so that is why uh, the farmers have put their foot down and have said that they would not accept this committee they just want these three laws to be repealed mhm all right so you mentioned the names of the laws earlier and i was able to find out a little bit about them and i'm just going to attempt my outsider's understanding and can just let me know if they are more or less accurate so these three laws essentially they stand to interrupt existing market structures so that the existing market structure in india wherein farmers have spaces where they can bring their crops to be sold at auction so in theory it allows them to have more competitive price for their crops that system will essentially be joined by another system where corporations can go directly to farmers to buy their crops and essentially the concern is that why would these corporations or why would any sort of buyer want to go to an auction when hypothetically they could get a better price by going directly to the farmer without having to to compete with other traders who would give the highest possible price for the farmer so that's essentially causing the income of a farmer to drop more than it already has yes so basically uh, india is essentially an agricultural based economy uh, however due to weather conditions and infrastructural issues we are not being able to do justice to our farmers so now mm. uh, earlier there was a system called the uh, apmc so apmc is um, the apmc is the agricultural produce uh, market committee so this committee is a marketing board uh, and the agriculture since we have a federal structure so the uh, uh, the agriculture falls in the state subject so basically the apmc does all the buying and the selling and mm. uh, there is an act uh, in, in this is an act the apmc is an act and it it's it gives a minimum support price guarantee to the farmers mm-hmm. so there is a price a minimum support price that has to be given to the farmers while they, when their produce is being bought so mm-hmm. now this new act removes this mandi system and mm. is ambiguous about the msp the price assurance so basically the price assurance in the new law is not there and this is what is the real bone of contention of the farmers secondly the 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 these laws uh they have also formed for corporate you know corporate farming so when oh, i talk okay. about yeah so when i talk about corporate farming uh the far it is between the farmers and the traders big trading houses and these trading houses uh they thrive on uh, um profit they only want profits right maximum profits mm-hmm. so the mo- the moment it is uh, it goes into a corporate farming it is not easy 
to enforce uh, the contract always especially in an agricultural uh, in the context of an agriculture and it uh, and uh, then the big corporate house have easy access to lawyers to the legal system mm. but a common mm. man or a farmer it will be time consuming yes. it will be very expensive and uh, he would not get access to the best lawyers to fight in the court in case there is an issue with the contract farming mm-hmm. so essentially this law it it caters to the interest of corporates mm-hmm. and in absence of any regulation in non apmc mandi the farmer may find it extremely difficult to deal with the corporates or because they solely solely operate on profit seeking mm-hmm. i understand i have to ask you now a little bit more because even before these three laws and even before these major protests by farmers in india farmers in india have been having a very difficult time even to the point that there is a debt crisis there is a suicide crisis in the sector can you tell us about how the agricultural sector in india despite india being a largely agricultural nation can you tell us how they were brought to this point it is very sad uh, that uh, the farmers who puts in front of us uh, mm-hmm. food the three meals important uh, in a day they are going through such uh, economic crisis so um, uh, they are under huge debt and um, you know they do not get the price the, actually the money they invest in the cultivation they do not get back in return forget about get making profits out of it so due to which there have been a number of instances where farmers commit suicide they take loan from the banks and they are unable to pay that loan and mm-hmm. um, due to weather conditions or un- unseen circumstances their crop gets uh, you know spoiled or uh, you know and that is why they do not um, they are unable to make the money or repay the loan hence ending their lives which is very tragic mm-hmm. yes yes so now that we have all of these farmers who are in and around delhi and they've been there for a while like they've been there since november can you tell us mm-hmm. a bit about the demands of this protest movement like what do they want to come out of government for them so uh they are very clear they, they this like you said the protests have been happening since november and it is extremely cold they have withstand the rain the freezing cold and have stayed on the streets and they have been multiple meetings with the government and they are they have put their foot down and all they want is that these three laws needs to be repealed and they are justified in the sense that we have an example we have a living example in one of our states which is bihar in bihar the apmc act was abolished in 2006 so post which it was found that farmers in bihar received much lower prices compared to the msp for most crops in other states so 
there is an example right in front of us where abolishing this act has led to more troubles, mounting troubles for the farmers. And uh, despite that, uh, the central government is pushing forward this act. Mm -hmm. I actually want to ask a little bit about that now. So the government, they, like you mentioned earlier, they very hastily wanted to get these laws enacted. Is there... What's the narrative coming from government? Like, what is running through their minds that they think that these laws are good for farming? Or at least, what, what are they trying to accomplish? What do they think is good about these laws that they decided to pass them? See, the government have decided to pass these laws hastily. And the narrative surrounding it is that they are favoring the corporate sector of this country. And they are not taking the stakeholders into account. There has been lack of consultation with the farmers. So uh, basically, the narrative surrounding it is that the government is just keen on uh, taking into account the interests of the corporate houses. And um, that is why the farmers are resenting. And um, uh, it was uh, this uh, the act, uh, it is breaking the federal structure of our economy. See, mm. agriculture, it falls under the state subject. And uh, most of the state government feels that the center is encroaching on the subject. So it mm. is uh, it, the state, it is a state subject and the state makes laws on these issues. And the center is trying to impose it just because they want, they believe in the concept of one nation, one market. And India is a very diverse country. There mm -hmm. are, uh, you know, we cannot just monopolize everything. We have a lot of uh, diversity. And yet in all these years, we have been united and leading pretty well. All right, so speaking of the diversity of all of India and also the system that is really being put under a lot of pressure, the federal system, what do you think these protest actions, what kind of implication will they have on Indian politics? Well, uh, it is, it is uh, heartening to see that uh, the farmers are out there, children, women, men all out there on the streets demanding uh, to protect their future, which is extremely uh, commendable. And uh, the, you know, the, they, the thing is that they are trying to secure the future of agriculture in the country. Mm. And they have said, that, um, you know, these protests will go on until uh, these acts are repealed. And if these acts are uh, repealed, then they have more security um, in the farming sector. Mm -hmm. So that's amazing, actually, that when you get to see news reports about these protest actions, the farmers are there for the long haul. They're really ready to dig their heels in. So can you tell us a bit more about that? So the goal is to have these laws repealed, and they're just prepared to dig their heels in. So that's really the next step to just yeah. really hold your ground. Wow. And they also have planned a parade 
uh, on Republic Day, which is on 26th January, they have uh, they have decided to do a tractor parade um, parallelly um, in uh, the, in putting in forward their demands of repealing the laws. So they are very serious mm-hmm. about it. Mm-hmm. So I actually want to get a bit ahead. So I, of course, like we express our solidarity with the farmers' protest, and we don't want to jinx anything, but we hope very much for the success of the protest movement. But when, if and when these goals are achieved, with we have the repeal of the laws, it's really amazing to hear about this very very tenacious movement and. We at Sockdom Asia are very much in support and in solidarity. And we are very, we look forward to the repeal of these agricultural laws. And we also want to ask, what's going to be the next step for this, for this farmer's movement? So let's say that in the future, the, these agricultural laws are repealed. What do you think will be the next step for this, for this new political movement, basically? There have been every, the beauty of Indian democracy is that every time uh, the government tries to impose uh, anything which is not uh, in, in consultation with the stakeholders, they always raise their voice. So uh, uh, right now their only concern is to repeal these three farm laws because it is taking away the negotiating power and, um, you know, and the diversity of agricultural ecological diversity will be affected because um, otherwise they will just say that they want this particular crop uh, for a particular you know season and all that so uh, with times things changes again when there is a new issue they i'm sure they will pick up if they if it is not in uh, confirmation with what they believe they would raise certain issues in the future but right now they all they are thinking is to repeal it Mm-hmm. So right. I cannot just comment so, what is the future course of action. <laughs> All right. We understand. No worry. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to take a little bit of a break in our program. We hope you guys have enjoyed the podcast so far. We have our guest, Dr. Ankita Dutta, and we've been discussing about the farmers' protest actions in India. So we'll be starting up our podcast right again after a few messages. And welcome back to the Sockdem Asia podcast. My name is Cassie and I am your host. And welcome back to our podcast episode about the farmers' protest actions in India. So we were just discussing with my guest, Dr. Ankita Duta. She is the Vice President of the Indian Youth Congress in Assam Pradesh. And we are just going to jump right back into it. And I want to start off with a question about how will these farmers' protest actions affect the futures of President Modi and the BJP. And something that I am also a little bit, like that I've been thinking about a little bit also is that the BJP tends to have, like they have some strongholds in Northern India and quite a few of these farmers are from there. So do you think that there's going to be any kind of shift when it comes to the hold of the BJP on these areas? Mm, Yes, definitely because... uh... We have seen a lot of uh, people uh, speaking against the government and uh, um, 
seeing that how this government has been continuously um, enforcing acts, bills, ordinances just to support the corporate sector um, of this country and uh, also break the federal structure of this country in, by encroaching on state subjects. So another thing that I would uh, bring to your notice is uh, the, you know, the APMCs, the Mandis, they impose a levy, mm-hmm. which is called as the Mandi fee. And this is one of the main uh, sources of revenue, uh, you know, of generating revenue in the state. So when the center imposes these acts, the state is deprived of that revenue as well. And that revenue is used for infrastructure in the state itself. So another reason uh, the states are against this is because uh, it is cutting down on the revenue of the state. And that is why gradually you will see that a lot of uh, state governments and state leaders as well as the farming community will be speaking against uh, this uh, dictatorial approach of the Modi government. The current opposition to the government, so those who are not in government at present, have they expressed like any kind of support for the protest movement of these farmers? Yes, the main opposition party of the country, the Indian National Congress, Uh, is uh, extending all its support to the farming community. They have been, uh, you know, organizing shelters for those on the streets, the farmers who've been on the streets, food, uh, blankets, and uh, uh, raising demonstrations and protest all over the country in different states, in different, um, you know, in different villages Mm -hmm. and raising awareness of what is happening. So uh, the opposition is uh, speaking against these three farm laws and uh, they are aware, people are aware that this has been done in one state of the country in Bihar earlier and which has miserably failed and has Mm -hmm. disadvantaged the farmers. So, and especially the free market that they are talking about, the central government is talking about, it will harm lakhs of unorganized small farmers. Mm-hmm. who have been remarkably productive and shored up the economy even during the pandemic. So basically, the unorganized small farmers will be largely affected. And earlier when uh, demonetization happened in the country, then a lot of small and middle industries, middle uh, scale industries have been completely vanished from our economy, which has resulted in uh, a lot of uh, issues and our economy going down and um, lacks of people going uh, incomeless. Mm-hmm. So that's another dimension, actually, that there's not just this protest movement, but there's also the COVID-19 pandemic that is still mm. ongoing. So have there been any... Like, Can you tell us about what it's been like to stage these protests and to stage these campaigns knowing that there's that there's a high risk of falling ill mm-hmm. so uh i mean and what you said is extremely uh, extremely important because we are all struggling through a pandemic and we have something we have never seen before right mm-hmm. and uh, 
there was an interview of a farmer that I saw during uh, one of these protests, and they said that even if we die, you know, we're it. Even if we die now or later, it's the same thing because uh, eventually, if these um, laws are, um, are you know, are taken ahead in the direction they intend to, then mm-hmm. these farmers will automatically lose their control, and uh, they will eventually have to struggle uh, in their occupation mm-hmm. because of uh, the harassment of corporate houses. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, they 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 believe that either they are either way is dying whether it is yeah. because of these laws or um, even if it's because of the pandemic so it, they are not bothered about it at all so mm-hmm. they just want they are very united and they just want these um, laws to be repealed and despite of all the risk involved uh, they are standing uh, tall in the protest. Yeah, absolutely. So it's either COVID today or these farming laws tomorrow. So they're just going to stand their ground now. Yes, yes. All right. I also want to ask a little bit about the average Indian citizen. Like what has been the feedback of like the general public to these protests? Uh, The general public uh, are in support of the farmers. There are a lot of Uh, celebrities, Indian celebrities who have raised their voices and uh, uh, different organizations, uh, non-political organizations, they are standing with the farmers and uh, they firmly believe that the future of the country, of of, of India, depends on these farmers. Mm, Wow, so that's really, really amazing. And so I know that it's still... A bit of a ways off because the next general election in India is set for 2024. Is mm-hmm. like just do you think that the events happening now will have any sort of impact on that election a few years from now? Well, uh, going by history, people tend to forget, mm. so the election is a long way to go, mm-hmm. but um, but uh, but let's just be optimistic and hopeful that. The government, uh, the people, uh, the people of this country remember that this government uh, acts according to their, their whims and fancies, and takes into account only the corporate sectors, ignoring uh, the actual, actual uh, lifeline of this country, the farmers. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, I actually want to present now to you the last question that we have on file for this podcast, which is. For the people who are listening to this podcast, so we have listeners from all over Asia and maybe even all over the world, is there anything that they can do, that we can do to show our support for the farmers protesting in Delhi? Uh, of course. I mean, you all, I mean, it'll be much helpful if you all raise your voices. And I'm very thankful to you and your entire team for uh, having this podcast so that uh, more and more people know what is actually happening uh, happening in India, and so they can raise um, solidarity with the farmers of the country, and uh, mas- basically make a discourse about it. You know, mm-hmm. because uh, whenever you know in a democratic setup, uh, you are allowed to have you're empowered by the constitution to raise your voices to lead protests and. Uh, when when these farmers are actually worried about their future, it is time for the government to listen to them. Otherwise, um, 
it won't be a it won't be a democracy left so uh, i i i hope your listeners um uh, talk uh, talk about it more on social media and try to create awareness and uh, there is there is a you know there they they you know there's a section of people who are trying to malign these farmers and uh, say that the farmers uh, protest is being uh, funded by um, terrorist organizations and uh, it is it is extremely sad that uh, they're trying to add a different color to the uh, to the protest of the farming community so we need uh, more voices out there standing by them because there are aged people there are mm. young children who are a part of this protest a lot of uh, families lives depend uh, on these uh, acts and um, i feel more and if more and more people speak about it more and more people uh, show support to them at least mentally mm-hmm. you know psychologically they will feel very uplifted mm-hmm. all right thank you thank you so much for joining the sockdam asia podcast so ankita now is the time in the podcast where i will give you the floor to promote anything it is that you have going on maybe you have another podcast of your own or a book or a report Now is the time where you are free to promote anything at all to the listeners of this podcast. Uh thank you. I I work uh with uh, with with an organization called the Anjan Data Foundation. Uh we do a lot of charitable works. Um and the other, uh, we would like your listeners to uh, follow us on your so- on us of on our social media handles. Mm-hmm. So we have a Facebook page uh the anjandatta foundation as well as um, my page which is uh, dr ankita datta on facebook uh then we have on twitter at ankita datta and it's a n g k i t a d u t t a mm-hmm. so at ankita datta and uh, we have a page on instagram as well which is dr ankita datta again so we would like your listeners to uh, follow us on our social media handles um and uh, uh, time and again we do different um, fundraisings and extend help uh, to different organizations so um, a little uh, cheer from the other side will uh, take us a little more forward mm-hmm. all right thank you thank you thank you so much for joining this episode of the Sockdam Asia podcast and we wish all the best to you to your organization and to the farmers protest and for the swift repeal of these agricultural laws that have shown themselves to be bad for indian farmers so thank you so much to all of our listeners this has been our episode on the farmers protests in india my name is cassie i am the host of the sockdam asia podcast and if you enjoyed this podcast or would like to give input regarding this episode or any future episodes please feel free to reach us via our email address or any of our social media accounts thank you so much for joining this episode and until the next time we see you take care And that was the podcast. You can listen to us on Anchor.fm, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, and Radio Public. You can learn more about Sockdam Asia and our latest events and activities by visiting our website at sockdamasia.com or like and follow us on Facebook at facebook.com/sockdamasia. If you wish to share your thoughts on this episode or past episodes. 
or suggestions for future ones, just send us an email at secretariat at socdemasia.com.